Thank you for joining us. This is Paul Wilson. And Chris Emke. And you're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. What an episode we got going today, Chris. Yeah, you know, uh, had the opportunity of meeting our uh, our, our future uh, interviewee, if you will, um, a couple weeks ago at UCC. Um, there's no surprise. Cody is a really humble, down-to-earth, just an overall good person. So. Absolutely. He's also a hell of a driver, uh, DPC yeah. 2018 winner. And yeah. that's what we talked to him about. And Chris, I wanted to take a moment here to talk a little bit more about Diesel Power Challenge. Okay. Um, this is an event that's been going on. Shit. Oh, three, oh, four. I mean, it's yeah. I, over I, 15 years yeah, easily. Um, it, it's a really, really cool thing. It's put on by Diesel Power Magazine and, and the whole Truck Trend Network gets behind it. Sponsored by XDP yeah. and some other uh, several other really cool sponsors right. that are involved. What this does is this pulls street trucks, actual user, daily driver, real trucks, real enthusiast mm -hmm. trucks, not just shop builds, into a competition where drivers get to put their truck and themselves up to the test. Right. I think, you know, when you look at the evolution of Diesel Power Challenge, and I, I don't want to be held accountable for everything I'm about to say because I don't know all the inner workings, but back in the day it was shop trucks. Yeah. Uh, you know, owners of shops that would have their trucks. That was kind of like the staple of their business. Um, we've seen over the years as uh, skilled competitors have come in and dominated, for an example, Levon. Sure. You know, then they say, hey, you can only compete X amount of years. You can only win so many times. <laughs> um, hey, by the way, you know, you own a shop. It can't no longer be a shop truck. You know, you, you've started to see these things evolve to where now, you know, Diesel Power Magazine, the idea here is, is real world street trucks with real world drivers um, over the course of a week doing all these crazy tests to see who's the best team, right? Who's the best driver? Who's the best, tr you know, the best truck that stayed together? What's the best setup at a higher elevation? Yeah. And uh, just really put it through a torture test for a week straight. It's just nuts. Absolutely. So the event is hosted uh, just outside of Denver, Colorado. All of it is at elevation of uh, a few thousand feet up in elevation. Yep. So air is thin. Uh, it, it's definitely pushes people to the limits. Yep. Uh, the times you have to, to turn around and get back on the next event it's not a one event a day. Uh, mm -hmm. There are some days where you only do one event, like uh, the first day with yeah. fuel mileage testing. But there's also events where it's back-to-back -back in a day. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Trailer racing and uh, quarter-mile drag racing, same day. They're back-to-back. -back. So if you have a problem at one, man, you got a problem at both. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that has always been discussed, you know, being an enthusiast for years, reading the magazines, seeing these things, you know, you always look up to these guys in the trucks. You know, as times progress, I still have probably more respect now than before because I know it actually has to go into getting a truck. <laughs> up to that caliber, you know, with, uh, you know, different power levels and things like that. Nonetheless, a thousand horsepower is crazy. Yeah. Right. It takes a lot of time, money, dedication to do that. Um, but driving that, right. Like piloting that truck to do what you want it to do, going to the drag strip and doing a drag strip pass, people would say, oh, there's not a lot of, you know, driving skill that needs to take place. I'm sorry, but there is. There's a lot going on in that 10 to 12 to 13 to 15 seconds. Um, hooking up to a sled and sled pulling, there's a lot that goes into that, knowing how to let the truck, you know, leave off the line, how to, what gear to leave off in, what vehicle speed, what boost, you know, so the tires can actually grip into the dirt and build that momentum. 
But then you have drag racing with a trailer in the eighth, <laughs> uh, which is like, what, 15, 18,000 pounds? It's yeah. some crazy number. Yeah. It's a big uh, skid steer on the trailer. Which anyone that's ever towed 10,000 pounds, 15,000 pounds, like, that's a struggle. That's a lot. And then you're taking a 1,000 horsepower truck and doing that. Right. But then the obstacle at course. 4,000 foot yeah, of elevation. At, right, with turbocharger <laughs> lag and things like that. But. I'm, I haven't ever seen the fuel economy test, so we can get into that in a second. But let's talk about the actual trailer course. You know, that's where you have to prove that you can drive. Someone I, I know, guys that buddies of mine that that have trucks because they like trucks, but they don't need a truck. They have yeah. never towed. They don't know how to tow. They can barely get their 12 inch wide wheel in and out of a curbed area because the wheels <laughs> stick out so far. And then to put a trailer behind that, you know, it just it really tests what the skill of the driver is. Absolutely, yeah. It, it it is a full competition, man. These guys are these guys are there to win. You know, they're taking time off work. They're yeah. they're traveling across the country, uh, and they're all going to come together there in Denver, Colorado to kind of see this thing uh, come to a head. Yeah. Um, one of the other things I thought was really cool is all of the different companies that I see get involved on these builds. Yeah. Uh, we're definitely going to see some trucks there with some Exergy products in yep. them. Uh, we're going to see some big injectors, some some big pumps. Yep. Now 14 mil is the new standard that if you're going to be a, a, a competitor. So there's, there's some really cool cutting edge technology. And a lot of times we'll see this technology start to flow down the pipeline. So the guys who are running, remember four years ago, somebody running a 12 mil pump on the street was like crazy. Yeah. Now it's 12 mil pump on the street is normal. 14 mil is, yeah. is the competition pump. I remember, you know, not to go down memory lane here, but 2012 when, you know, Nick Pregnant over at Calibrated, he had his white common rail truck. It was 1213. Yeah. And uh, it was a hundred over 12 millimeter pump truck. And he ran it for a little bit of time. You know, back then that was a big injector, big pump. And then fast forward 2015, that's when I had that actual fuel system in my 07. And at that point, oh, what are you running for injectors? 100 overs? Oh, just 100s? Just 100s. Now, yeah. you know, the standard, if you're making 12, 1300 <laughs> wheel, you're running a 250 over. To back up a 250 over, you need a big pump. You're either at a 14 millimeter or two stock pumps or a stroker over a stock pump of some sort. Yeah. You know, and it's just, it's the new norm. But as tuning advances, as products improve, it's just, it's insane to see the uh, how the industry has evolved just in the last five, six years, but it takes events like Diesel Power Challenge or even UCC for that matter to get us there. Sure, sure. And hey guys, if you want to learn more about diesel from somebody like Nick, yeah. uh, make sure you jump over on the Duramax Tuner YouTube channel and check out the Diesel Insights. I got a little clip here of Nick uh, explaining a little bit more about what Diesel Insights is. Diesel Insights is a chance for you to learn. We take broad topics, we take time, we go over them. We tear them apart from the top down, really disseminate the information, do our analysis on it, let you see what we see as guys who are in it every day, guys who are troubleshooting, working with the products, driving new technology. You know, you get to, you get to see the unadulterated look. It's, there's no polish, there's no frills. It's just, this is what you need to know. This is gonna make you more informed. And as a diesel owner, these are the things that you need to grab onto. The Diesel Insights for Recreational Towing, where we interview Jamie Curley about his experience over the past 10 years hauling RVs. He's gone from towing with gas to towing with an LMM, tuned up, untuned, running the truck with a Stealth 64, and most recently on an LML, where he upgraded his toy hauler up to a 43-foot windbrick. The thing's a monster. And he's had experience towing without EGT back down, with EGT back down, can give us some real-world scenarios of tuned versus untuned and what to expect as you're joining the new diesel market. 
All right, so that was Nick talking about Diesel Insights. Uh, I think it's pretty cool being able to get involved on these videos and plan it out. Hey, if you guys got suggestions or topics you want us to talk more about in that video series, shoot me a message over at Diesel Performance Podcast or at the Duramax Tuner page. Yep. I'd be happy to get back to you on that, and uh, we'll see what we can put together. You know, another thing that I find interesting when we when we see these uh in the ballots, right? So uh, at the beginning of every year or at the beginning of this uh, voting process, DP, uh, Diesel Power Magazine provides X amount of uh, opportunities for people right, to get their trucks in, and then the readers have to vote on the truck. Yeah, so they, they put out a call, say, hey, man, if you want your truck voted on, send us a submission. People submit, mm -hmm. and then they go through and they select yep. what's what, what's reasonable, what falls into our guidelines. So as you see, you know, we, we know Exergy uh, has you know various trucks, right? Exergy, every other truck that I saw, it was fuel system, <laughs> but then you also have WC Fab. Yeah. Okay. Turbo kits, you know, pedestals, intakes, traction bars, pretty much anything to be glam and fam. I mean, they're able to offer <laughs> a functional component that looks badass as well. Absolutely. And uh, Chris, you and I took a trip over there at the beginning of this year yep. to kind of walk around the facility. And now throughout the year, we're going to be playing clips of our trip to Jason's facility. Mm -hmm. So you guys can just kind of get a feel for what it's like. The operation was overwhelming. I remember, again, another memory lane, you know, tale. <laughs> I've known Jason for about nine years. Okay. Sure. And I remember when Jason started out in, uh, in his old shop in Sycamore, right? So stage one, you know, uh, the, the first the shop, OG shop, when, yeah. when he was still working a normal nine to five <laughs> and doing this at night. And uh, to see that evolve, you know, to the massive warehouse that he has now and the manufacturing uh, process essentially yeah. that he has like it's an assembly line there it is insane and everything was <laughs> you know I was uh, I was impressed with how clean and how organized everything was you know Jason every time you see him he is a, a not only just a ball of energy but he is very enthusiastic yeah. and driven you know by making sure that the product is top-notch and if he does or designs something there's generally a reason or a purpose behind it uh, he's a very purpose-minded individual I would have to say yeah um, actually that's that's the perfect time let's kick it over to Jason yeah. and he can talk a little bit more about that We've, uh, we've definitely learned and learned what works and what doesn't work. Um, you know, as Chris mentioned, there's many different gauge thicknesses out there and there's a lot of companies out there that, that sell intercooler pipes, um, that shouldn't go on diesel trucks. In my opinion, uh, they might work fine on a gas or application making that 15 or 20 pounds of boost. But you know, one thing, for example, is we'll, we'll talk about aluminum piping. Um, aluminum is nice because you don't got to worry about any any sort of rust on the inside of the pipes. And in some applications, you could just put the pipe on your vehicle raw. You don't even have to powder coat it, even though most people would like to. Um, and we use all sorts of materials. We use stainless, we use mild steel, we use aluminum. And you know, as of lately, we're actually converting a lot of product over to aluminum, but we're not using the, the standard as most people have in the past of 16 gauge. The problem with 16 gauge aluminum and high boost applications is you go to put your T-bolt clamp on your silicone boot, and I know, I don't think anyone, I don't think I've ever seen anyone, and I know none of you probably do either, put a torque wrench on your T-bolt clamps. You just crank them down. Right. <laughs> and when you're cranking down a T-bolt clamp, you're going to crank that sucker down until it stops cranking. And or, the it, problem or, with, or it blows out. Or it blows out. <laughs> or you strip it out. I mean, you want to keep your boost in. You don't want your boots blowing off. You know, obviously the bead rolls are there and that's important. But the issue with some of the thinner gauge aluminum, aluminum is obviously much softer, um, you start cranking on that T-bolt clamp and it essentially will, will dent or cave in the pipe and essentially cause a boost leak, cause the boost to blow off. So what we've, what we've done recently with a lot of our product um, 
uh, A for weight savings and B for uh, rust for prevention is we, we've changed a lot of uh, intercooler piping over to aluminum, but we're not using 16 gauge, we're using 14 gauge. Okay. It's thicker and you're not gonna concave it. I mean, numerous occasions, numerous sizes, um, before going in the oven, after going in the oven, because uh, aluminum can be annealed and become soft and hard through different processes, uh, you will strip out a T-bolt clamp before you ever cave in or dent one of our intercooler pipes from tightening the clamp too much. So it's it's a lot of it's just like we mentioned earlier, um, you know, improving upon older product and just making things better as we go along and as we learn things. Um, you know, so so the cost savings, aluminum is going to be a cheaper uh, material for us to buy versus say stainless steel. Stainless steel is your top tier, most expensive material you're going to buy, and uh, you know it's it's tough shit, but it's going to raise the price of all this product that is already very expensive. Sure. Um, so we're able to keep prices the same or potentially even drop prices and offer you a, a better, longer lasting material that's not gonna fail under these high boost applications that these trucks see. All right, guys. Uh, so we've heard from Nick, we've heard from Jason, we've talked about Exergy. You guys have been waiting to hear from our 2018 Diesel Power Challenge superstar, yep. Cody Pulliam. Uh, this segment sponsored by Calibrated Power. Let's get it going. Hey guys, thanks for joining us for the Calibrated Power Presents, our special guest of Diesel Performance Podcast. Today we have on Diesel Power Challenge champion, champion. from 2018, Cody Pulliam. Cody, how the hell are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Yeah, it's a day. We're doing well. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's nice and rainy here. Uh, oh, so man. at least it gives you some opportunity to be in the shop and get your truck ready. Is it? Is it together? Is it ready? Yeah, I'm actually I'm driving it right now. Damn. Oh, perfect. Wow. Cody, uh, just in case our listeners just jumped on to, to crawl out from under a rock and listening to their first episode, tell us about the truck that you're taking to DPC 2019. <laughs> so this, well, same setup as last year. Um, all we did is change the motor. Um, the 2004 Duramax, we got comp FDP compound, um, uh, 6988 high-tech turbos. Um, I went with S and S, 200% over injectors this year. Um, so we got more fuel for this year. Um, and other than that, everything else is a little bit bigger CP3 pumps. But other thing, other than that, everything's the same. Okay. And well, how? And, and a different tranny. I went with the Excalibur. I had a nose on trans in it last year, and now this year I have an Excalibur tranny in it. Okay. What motivated you for some of your changes there? Um, the changes were just, I was going to do the changes no matter what. Um, but I just, I knew I needed bigger injectors in the, from the get-go. Um, so I was already maxing them out um, last year. Um, so we just went with bigger injectors. And then I changed the bigger pumps just because we had them sitting on the, sitting on them on our shelf at the shop so i just threw the bigger pumps in okay awesome all right so just going after more power now last year you put together a really successful week of being at the challenge and on the very first day i think you were even the first run on the dyno for the mpg testing uh which is a simulated driving scenario chris so we've talked about this before they're on the dyno and there's a chart that they have to basically stick their head out of the window to watch uh pet detective style <laughs> so they they can see where are they supposed to be with that 
uh, for a specific speed. Okay. So they're working the throttle to keep the truck in this spe- specific speed while the load is varying. So oh, wow. it's, it's like driving up and down really steep hills, Sounds stop like a torture and go. Test. Man, I'll tell you, with the tiny little fan they have in there, it is a torture test. Uh, this is where we saw a lot of trucks overheat on the first day and come off the rollers. A lot of guys did not finish the test. Wow. Uh, it, it is hard on the trucks now cody you killed it if, if memory serves me correctly you only had one mistake two mistakes for the whole test uh, i had one uh one mistake yeah paul get it right one mistake other guys were in the double digits holy shit yeah, just to no, be clear yeah no i had one mistake um like i said it was being the first one on the first one on the there for that kind of it was like a little bit and not being able to watch anyone really help do it was a little bit challenging but other than that makes your eyes tired because you're looking at a screen for so long (laughs) now you you had the best results in that test as far as the least amount of mistakes your truck performed really well as far as uh, fuel consumption for that specific category do you think your time of working with UCC and working with uh, Northwest Dino Circuit, that that experience of being around dinos helped you with that? Or what do you think really kind of guided you through being so successful in that event? Um, that really, not being around the dino and stuff is, because I could do it on ours. I found out there's a program, but it's not. I just, it's something different, like being around the dyno and all that, it's just the turbo, like with my setup, the turbos come up, they're not really laggy, um, the truck, like I said, performed really well, um, and I think just keeping your, trying to keep your truck cool is your biggest thing. Absolutely, yeah, okay, so your charger's lighting quickly, uh, did you use any nitrous during that test? Uh, not on the, you can't use, so with the rules, you can't use any uh, water methanol or nitrous in the fuel consumption test. Wow. That is correct. Yeah, no no injectables. So so that one's just a straight-up fuel-only test. Yep. One of the big challenges we saw throughout the entire week was elevation. And I think that test uh, really highlighted on the first day, the first thing you go to is something that elevation really hurts you. It's yeah, hard but to at the same up. time, Cody, you're at a higher elevation. You're not at sea level. No, yeah, I'm at a higher elevation. So, I mean, you your truck's dialed in for higher elevation, which, I mean, is honestly one of the key, I mean, not a key component, but, I mean, you have that in your back pocket because there's a lot of competitors that are not at higher elevation to be able to, you know, know how their trucks are going to react. Their trucks are dialed in at sea level, and then they go four, five, six thousand, you know, feet up. Yeah. The trucks run completely different. They're not consistent, and they're not predictable at all. Yeah, no, I say we're only like think uh, like eight hundred off of uh, Denver. Oh, so. Wow. so you're right there, man. Yeah, yeah. That's... So we're really not that far off of. Okay. All right. So, Cody, uh, I believe the next day we jumped into the horsepower testing. Now, last year you, you placed fairly well in the horsepower testing. What do you hope to bring to the table this year? What's the goal? No, um, this year just actually. I brought, we were out of uh, fuel um, with it, so I think this year just bring in more fuel and more more trips will be pretty much part of our goal is and keeping the truck together. Any predictions on a number? What are you shooting for? Uh, I, I told KJ I was shooting for 1,200 on ATS's back now. Okay. That's respectable. 
It, it, it is, and especially, again, he, he specified there if you call it ATS's dyno, because it is a very tight dyno, uh, and it's a very hard day. So there there's a lot of guys who might see 1400 or something like that mm-hmm. somewhere else or on another setup. They may go there and find this is just what it is. Right. Okay, so, so what then, other parts of... Go ahead, go on, Chris. Go on, Paul. Oh, I was going to say, what other parts of the event are you getting prepared for? What are you excited about for this year? Uh, really, I'm just excited for the whole event. <laughs> it's, a good, it's, it's a good event and everything. I'm just excited for the whole event and ready, like, ready to go back and def- defend the title and just put the truck to work. So was there anything that you did last year that you, I mean, I, I understand you have a horsepower goal in mind. You're excited for the whole event, but was there anything from last year going into this year that you wanted to improve on? Um, definitely probably the drag racing. I did. I had a lot of mistakes last year on the drag strip, but still made it to the final round. Um, just stupid mistakes, forgetting to put the truck in full drive, forgetting lockup, oh, no. um, just stuff like that, just small mistakes. Now, when you when you entered your ballot last year, right, or you entered to be a contender last year in DPC 2018, what was your background with uh, your experience with, with diesel prior, other than, you know, dyno because of the area that you're in, that's a big one, but were you more of like a drag racer, sled puller, or just a fun street truck? No, that... I, was ne- I was neither, right? Like, just from the dynoing and stuff, like, if, even if we had trucks or whatever together at events, we could never really drag race them or anything like that because we're always, I'm always working on the dyno. Okay. So I don't have time to drag race or anything like that. So I think last year being at DPC was like probably only my fourth or fifth time on a track. And that last year was my first time ever sled pulling. Holy wow. shit. <laughs> you, you tow trailers and stuff like that though. Like you have experience with like just working the truck and driving the trucks in general, correct? Yeah. We, well, yeah, we could, well, not, so with this truck, I've had a few trailers with it, but honestly, my big thing with tra- I've had trailers ever since I could drive and help move trailers around. But also, what helps is you got to think I'm always running around with a big with a semi and a 53 foot trailer, and I have to put those in tight places. So a smaller trailer is really no big deal. Well, and I think you know as as we've seen over the years, you know. DPC winners that you know move on to go into UCC, whether it's the qualifier or the the competitor side, um, you you find that this is a driver type event. Like your truck can make all the power in the world, your truck could go down the quarter mile and make a great time, but you have to be able to drive the truck and know the truck inside and out. And I think you know with you having the experience that you've had, that's what made you shine last year. And honestly, you have that in your arsenal or in your back pocket, if you will, going into this year. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a driver skill test. And say now the like the eight mile trailer tow, um, I actually got my full front end built now, so I don't hop all over the place. Um, <laughs> so I did I did a lot of different things and learned a lot from there. But it's definitely not a truck event; it's more of a driver event. Gotcha. Now, I think Chris brought up an interesting point. What we have seen traditionally is people come through DPC, win it for a year or two, uh, and then move on to entering into UCC. Now, that's we discussed it a little bit over the weekend. That That's not necessarily an option for you. You will not be participating in UCC because you work there. You're one of the dyno operators at the event. Yeah, no, I will not be competing in UCC. Oh. Uh, you were very, very convincing <laughs> with that. Nope, nope, not doing it. Nope. Is it is nope. it just be, is it just because you operating the dyno, or is there more to it? It's just it's not your thing. Like what what's the purpose behind that? Um, not really. Like I bet we could probably with everyone 
we I bet we could probably get into the UCC and go compete. Um, it's just more of not. I just I want more of a daily driver truck. I don't I don't have the funds to build a full blown uh, drag truck. Okay. So this this truck, you know, being what you know where D, where DPC is headed, or, or where, you know, when we were, uh, you know, talking with KJ, you know, one of the things is these are street driven, usable, potentially daily driven trucks, and that's more or less the the goal or the round that you you want to you know keep with the vehicle. Yeah. No. I like I said, I daily drive this truck probably twenty mile or about fifteen to twenty miles to work and home, and then. I daily drive it. Like I'll probably take it up uh, camping this weekend for a little bit and go dirt biking and stuff like that. And just make sure everything's good to go. <laughs> just you know, just go dirt biking in my uh, DPC 2018. Twelve hundred horsepower trophy LB7. truck. You know, no pretty much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jesus, look at you. That's awesome. That. How many of the other competitors that are going to be going to DPC this year say that? Yeah. You know, like, like realistically. Yeah, I don't really know who all daily drives their truck or what they really use it for. Well, I know. I mean, just being in the in the media tower, you know, at UCC a couple of weeks ago with you and, and talking to some of the, the gentlemen that were uh, there last year or, you know, uh, in the competition this year, trucks weren't even together. Like, they're just like, yeah, the truck's been sitting for six, eight months, blah, blah, blah. We're going to change this, change that. And it's like, okay, so the truck gets driven a couple times a year, and that's pretty much it. Competition trucks, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. So- so that that brings me, I guess, to another topic. Uh, one of the things we just interviewed Tony Burkhart about his truck on the dyno. You were the operator when Last Minute Hooker blew up. Yes, I was. Can you tell us a little <laughs> bit about that experience? <laughs> um, it was, I don't know. I, it was just a shocker and just not knowing really what to do. It just it happened so fast and kind of nowhere really to do. Reaction is to get away from the fire and go get out of there. Which is a good reaction. We would recommend that reaction to anybody around an unexpected explosion. Please get the fuck away. Yeah, I've never seen someone. I've never seen someone move that quick. Were you nervous on the next truck up? Was that like when you were really like nuts nuts tight? No. Um, I I started getting like I got a little nervous because I'm like, all right, well, this I knew they were going for pretty much it all. I know they have a lot more spray. Some trucks they have confidence in that they won't break like. I don't know. That was a number two of the day out of three trucks that blew up on me. So. <laughs> Been there, done that after a little while. I dig it. I dig yeah. it. Awesome, man. Yeah, I was, I was definitely done over running from fireballs. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, now, hey, one of the things that I've made a lot of jokes about over the years uh, with DPC is the the trailer racing or i'm sorry the the obstacle course um last year i really think it knocked garrett osane out of out of a potential second place if not first place win with you uh i know i know it it was a tight race there at the top with you him and trey uh but tell me about the the trailer cone obstacle course or or, and what you're going to do to prepare to get through that um for honestly, I'm just going to go back and do the same thing I did. And so you really can't compare yourself and say, I'm not going to go to a parking lot and set a bunch of cones up and practice and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, it's just knowing your truck and, like I said, just being able to get, remove the trailer quick and around the cones and 
just being able to back the trailer up through that one straight section. Yeah, that was tough, man. Well, cool. Well, hey, guys, DPC is kicks off June 2nd uh, over there in Golden, Colorado. We'll be up in Arvada at the ATS event or at the ATS facility uh, and over at Bandemir Speedway. What a blast it was last year. This year, uh, our producer, Justin Tyson, and myself are going out. Chris was not allowed to, to leave for travel, so uh, nope. his mom said no. Uh, but, yeah, no, hey, man, we're, we're really excited to see you guys out there. Make sure you come and check out the podcast every day of the event. We're going to be doing interviews live at the event and publishing them during the show, and then we're going to do a, a, an every day or an every event recap at the end. Um, to, just to kind of keep you guys up to date and let you know exactly what it feels like to be at DPC. Uh, Cody, anybody you want to give a shout out to? Um, just really big shout out is just the games. Uh, <laughs> Custom Auto, I got Elmer, one of my guys um, from the shop going this year um, to help me out with the truck. Um, I actually got one of Trey's um, crew members last year, Connor South, coming out to help me. Um, so people that have been there too, uh, I just want to shout out to like SNS, look SNS, um, shout out to, we're getting the jack here, high tech turbo. He got my turbos back after I blew them up very quick. I just want to shout out to all of my sponsors that helped me out with this truck and for this year. Awesome. Well, that's awesome, man. For today, this has been Paul Wilson and Chris Emke. Thanks for listening. The Diesel Performance Podcast is brought to you by Calibrated Power Solutions, home of DuramaxTuner.com. Calibrated Power develops emissions-equipped calibrations for a wide variety of diesel powertrains, including the Duramax, Cummins, PowerStroke, John Deere, Case, New Holland, and many more. For more information and great customer service, check out CalibratedPower.com or call 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. I'm born ready, baby. (laughs) 